Our scriptures today come from the Old and New Testaments, the first from the book of Genesis, the 15th chapter, verses one through six. Hear the word of God. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. And then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Our second lesson is from the letter to the Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses eight through 12. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. And by faith, he stayed for a time in the land that he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith he received power of procreation even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, where we pray this in his name. Amen. <clears throat> in my humble opinion, which can't be so humble since I feel compelled to share it with you. One of the greatest sermons ever preached was preached in the form of a play. It is a play that was written back in 1938 by the great American playwright Thornton Wilder. And it premiered at McCarter Theater in Princeton, New Jersey, just one block from the seminary I attended. The play is Our Town and it is presently showing at the Oslo Theater here in Sarasota, and you have two more weeks in which to see it. It's worth the money, and it is more than worth rearranging your calendar. I have peppered sermons past with lines from this play, which is in essence a story, an exposition on the meaning of human life in the midst of the vast universe. 
that life in our town, and in this case, the little town, fictional town of Grover's Corners, is somehow connected to the grand expanse of the universe, the grand scheme of things, that we in our own little towns are somehow connected to the stars, and the stars are connected to God. That who we are and what we do has a place in the universe, an important role in the grand scheme of things. At one point, one of the children in the play, Rebecca Webb, is talking to her older brother, and she mentions something that happened to her friend, a, a girl named Jane Crawford. Jane had taken ill, and as it turned out, her minister mailed her a get well letter. And Rebecca reports to her brother that something, something unique about how the letter was addressed by this pastor to her ill friend. She says to her brother, you know, I never told you about that letter Jane Crawford got from her minister when she was sick. He wrote Jane a letter, and on the envelope, the address was like this. It said, Jane Crawford, the Crawford Farm, Grover's Corners, Sutton County, New Hampshire, United States of America, continent of North America, Western Hemisphere, the Earth, the solar system, the universe, the mind of God. That's what it said on the envelope, and the postman brought it just the same. Jane Crawford, the Crawford Farm, Grover's Corners, Sutton County, New Hampshire, United States of America, continent of North America, Western Hemisphere, the Earth, the solar system, the universe, the mind of God. It took some compassionate wisdom for that pastor to think of addressing his encouraging letter that way, as if to say, oh you, Jane Crawford, who lay alone in bed feeling not so well, you are a part of the grand scheme of things. You are connected to the stars, and the stars are connected to God, to the mind of God. Some 2,500 years ago, an unnamed Jewish mystic walked out into the dark night and peered into the heavens. It must have been one of those cloudless nights that allowed him to see the expanse of the night sky just like it was early this morning. And without the light pollution of the 21st century, what he saw must have been overwhelming. Overwhelming enough to send him back into his tent to pen these words. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the sun and the stars that you have established. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals that you care for them. We are connected to the stars and the stars are connected to God. When Job sits with one of his so-called friends, pondering the meaning of his suffering, teetering himself between belief and unbelief, the friend appeals to the night sky and says, Is not God high up in the heavens? See the highest stars, how lofty they are. We are connected to the stars, and the stars are connected to God. We are a part of the grand scheme of things. 
Some thousands of years before that Jewish mystic stepped into the night, an old threescore and ten Chaldean farmer working in the fields in a part of the world that we now know as Iraq heard a voice from somewhere say to him that he must pack up his home, take his family to a faraway land where this voice, this spirit, this mind of God intended for him to begin a new nation. So the Chaldean farmer went. His name was Abram. His wife's name was Sarai. A thousand and miles away they went and they put down stakes and set up camp and waited for the promise to come true. And one night the voice spoke again and said to the farmer, take a walk into the night and look up at the stars and see if you can number them. And when you get tired of numbering them, then begin to imagine that this is what I will make of your life. So shall your descendants be. And scripture says, and Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. And the dream came true from from one person, the Hebrew writer writes, and this one, as good as dead, Descendants were born as many as the stars of heaven. We know that now. But can you imagine Abram having coffee with his best buddy the next morning after seeing all those stars? And 75-year-old Abram says, you know, God told me that Sarah and I are going to have a family and we're going to have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and I'm going to be the father of a nation. And his friend raises his eyebrows and widens his eyes and wonders how he might get his friend on medication. (laughs) Oh, but these were bright stars for an old man. We are connected to the stars, and the stars are connected to God, and we are a part of the grand unfolding scheme of things. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you, you, are a part of the grand unfolding scheme of things? That when you look up into the sky and see those glimmering lights from a million miles away, do you see the connection that that behind the stars, behind the dome of the firmament, there is one mind, one part, one purpose of which we are all a part? Abram believed, and the Lord said that it was in the believing that brings about the righteousness. Oh, there's, there, it was right to believe because it's the believing that sets things right. It's the believing that sets the world right. And if there's anything this world needs, it's some believers. It's some big believers. It's some stars in the sky believers. If there's anything the world needs, it's some stars in the sky believers. Can I get an amen to that? Got my friend Calvin Lumpkin coming to preach next week, and you better get used to saying amens after his sermon. So, if there is anything this world needs, it's some star in the sky believers. And we used to be good at this. We used to be good at this. When we were children, we had no trouble believing. 
Oh, to be a child is to be a believer. It's to believe that, that dreams come true, that the scarecrow can get his brain, that the tin man his heart. It's to believe that frogs can turn into princes with just a kiss. It's to believe that love from the beauty can transform the beast. It's to believe that Cinderella will find her prince and that Snow White will awaken again. It's to believe that ugly ducklings can turn to big, beautiful swans and that the stars declare the glory of God and that one star can lead wise men to find the wisest of men. And God says to the old man, look at the bright stars. Can you believe again? Because it's the believing that sets the world right. G.K. Chesterton, one of the great minds and writers of the 20th century in one of the more brilliant books I've read, a book called Orthodoxy, wrote this, my first and last philosophy I learned in the nursery. The things I believed most then, the things I believe most now, are things called fairy tales. Because fairy tales are for believers. Fairy tales say that there's a magic about the universe and the magic is from a magician and the magician sprinkles the sky with stars and it doesn't take much more than that to believe that the magician is, is God and with God, the unbelievable can occur. Is it possible, Chesterton says, that God says every morning, do it again to the sun and every evening, do it again to the moon. Is it possible that God makes one daisy at a time? Is it possible that we have grown old and our Father in heaven is younger than we? Is it possible that we have stopped believing? But the world needs believers. The world needs people who can look up at the stars or look into the valley or even look into the abyss and still believe that the light shines in the darkness. Bernie Siegel in his book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles, tells about the discovery made by Allied troops at the end of World War II as they made their way through one of the death camps. Scratched upon one of the walls was the following, I believe in the sun even when it does not shine. I believe in love even when it is not shown. I believe in God, even when God does not speak. The world needs believers, right? Do you remember Virginia O'Hanlon, the little girl who wrote to one of the old New York papers called The Sun? She wanted to know if there was a Santa Claus. Her dad, probably not wanting to answer her question, told her to write to The Sun and ask them so she did, and this is what the wise old editor said in response, oh yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist. Alas, how dreary would the world be if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. Not believe in Santa Claus, Virginia? You might as well not believe in fairies. 
So it's no surprise that when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he says that to get anywhere close to the kingdom of heaven, one must become like a child, which is, I suppose, to say that we must become believers again. Look into the heavens and see the bright stars, bright stars for old men, and to imagine the magician behind it all who enchants the world with love and beauty and joy and compassion and, and miracles of grace, that your life and my life are connected to the grand scheme of the universe and the grand scheme of the universe is revealed in the rabbi from Galilee who says unbelievable things like the meek shall inherit the earth, the peacemakers are the children of God, the last of you shall be the first of you, and the greatest of all will be the servant of all, and losing your life you'll find your life, and forgiving 70 times 7 is just getting started, and the blind will see, and the poor will be filled, and the prisoners will be set free. All those unbelievable things that only a child can believe, but it's the believing that sets the world right. We're not, you're not struck by that picture of that Polish train station just across the Ukrainian border where mothers left their strollers on the platform for any fleeing mother, any war refugee who might happen off a train with children in tow to have somewhere to place their child. Are those not mangers waiting for the baby Jesus? And it takes a child to believe that acts like that defeat acts of war. Early this week, they remembered the march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge over 50 years ago when civil rights marchers unarmed began their march from Selma to Montgomery only to be met by the brute arm of the law. And because Jesus taught not to lift a hand like children, they believed it. That love and love alone would someday overcome enduring broken bones and cracked skulls. They overcame. Does an envelope with $50 change the world? Oh, I suppose, if you believe. One envelope turns into $400 and helps children in Newtown. Another envelope turns into $200 and, and buys books for another group of children. Another envelope turns into whatever it takes to ensure a month of daycare for a struggling family. Another turns into 10 nights of shelter for a homeless woman. Another turns into $1,000 for the homeless in Ukraine and Sarasota. It's the believing that sets the world right. So the old man looks up at the bright stars and hears the voice say, this is what I will make of your life. And the old man believed. And it was the believing that set the world right. So, look up into the sky and ask, what does the good Lord have yet to make of you. How will your life connect to the grand scheme of things? The magician behind the stars enchanting the weary world with goodness and truth and grace and love. Look up and imagine what might come of your life if you would only believe?